Yo, what's up? It's Aiden Taco Jones here, listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 7th of August, 2018. <clears throat> I'm sad. I'm sad. I feel... Where do I start? <sighs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. I hope by the end of this, I can get some laughs in and feel good. I'm not even really that... So things are fine. Nothing's happened, you know. But um, where do I ju- a lovely thing just happened to me, actually, on the street. I was walking down uh, the street back from the cafe where I've, I've been sitting in Brew Lab Coffee every day, um, which is... A r- I'm so glad that I've been finding the time to, like, just an hour or two every day I go down, I get a long black in Brew Lab Coffee and... Uh, sit at a table by myself and write and I've managed to write a joke for the show every day which is why I honestly I set that as a goal for myself but I was ready to give myself a little like you know a pass if I couldn't do it if shit got too busy but um I'm managing to do it which is really cool even if look like it's not like a, a fucking amazing joke every day but writing a joke every day and just putting it in the show is um is meaning that the show is going to get so much better <sighs> even if it's not that great right now <laughs> and the task that i've set myself in doing this show is like a lot harder than i anticipated i have a, i've had some good shows friday was amazing saturday was good uh sunday was good last night was just um like a pile of dicks, you know, like a big pile of dicks. And, uh, it was like, I put them all in my mouth and then for 45 to 50 minutes regurgitated them in front of, uh, an audience of 18 people. But that's the fringe. That's the fringe baby. Um, but I was just walking back from brew lab now and I saw Daniel Muggleton on the street, Sydney comic Daniel Muggleton, um, who did my uh, my showcase yesterday, the Traveling Man Comedy Showcase, which, <laughs> if my show is eating dicks, oh my days, the Traveling Man Comedy Showcase can suck my fucking asshole. <laughs> I hate it so much. I've barely recouped all of my um, my outlay on flyering so far. I've cut my flyer back to an hour a day instead of an hour and a half. And um, I think actually what today I've realized is that I need to stop being a, a little bitch and get to flyering. I need to do more flyering for both shows. I need a flyer for the traveling man and I need a flyer for my solo show. Flying for the solo show shouldn't be hard, just an hour before the show. And uh, that'll just mean that I've been like, I mean, I've been doing two, three spots a day, but I need to stop coming back to the flat, but just before my, my, my actual show and, and like sitting, I need to go out and fly on the street for that hour. That's what I need to do. And that'll get more people in the traveling man comedy showcase is another fucking whole different dilemma because it's far out. It's not far out, but it's like further out than anyone's going by accident. No one's walking through there and it's a showcase with no hook other than like, Hey, I'm a comedian and I've no other comedians want to come and watch us do comedy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, 
why would they come? Why would they walk out of their way to see that when there's pick of the fringe literally in every fucking venue on Cowgate and all of these other showcases and and shows with hooks like Tinder and 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 bondage and fucking whatever? <laughs> why would they come and see my showcase in it? So. The tra- I've had these are the numbers. The, these are the audience numbers for the Traveling Man Comedy Showcase. I can recite them because they've been so bad. Four, seven, seven, four, six. <laughs> I cannot believe that I haven't pulled one yet. That's kind of amazing. If I get if I get to the end of this run and I haven't pulled one of the Traveling Man Comedy Showcases. It will be a fucking... It'll be like your grandpa who calls you to say he's dying next week and you go there and you say goodbye to him and leave and then three years later he's still fucking alive sitting in the hospital bed telling people <laughs> the same stories and uh, just let, just die. Just die already, motherfucker. I, I don't think... I think the Traveling Man Comedy Showcase is going to live to spite me. I don't think I'm pulling a single one this festival. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't even care about the show. Because I, I perform to, to fucking no people. I don't give a fuck, man. I'll perform to one, two people. If it was a solo... I would be bummed, but at least it's just my show. And I've still got my solo show and that's fine. But the bummer is that I've booked four acts a day to do the show and they're coming out of their way to perform for free to four people. That's the biggest bummer of all. And fuck, it's a bummer. Um, wait a second. Let me, I need to find something to put my tea bag in or else this day is going to go from bad to worse. <laughs> Um, oh shit Let me put it on top of this bottle Oh no I've spilled it on some coins And I almost spilled water on my laptop What's that? Robin Perkins Milk from a moving cat What? The f- Fuck I don't know What? I'm just gonna balance my old tea bag On the top of this bottle here And hope that it doesn't spill again Ah <sighs> All right. Yeah, but Daniel Muggleton just, um, did, he did my showcase yesterday and he ran off real quick straight after his spot, which is fine. I got no beef with that. I just assumed like he didn't want to fly to the six people that were there and that's okay. And uh, he ran off and um, he ran into me in the street just now and crossed the street and came over and said, hey man, like, thank you for putting me on your showcase. I really appreciate it. Sorry, I was just hung over and I wanted to get to bed. Um, but thanks for having me on. And it was so lovely, man, because I was like, dude, no, like, thank you for coming and doing it. And I'm sorry that there were only six fucking people there. And uh, it was really nice. He didn't need to come and say thank you. Um, and he, if he was like, actually, man, I'd like to pull out of the other one that I booked, I would have been like, dude, I totally understand. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> you know? Oh, Edinburgh is not... You can't just turn up and do your thing. You have to try. I need to try harder. I need to work harder. That's what I need to do. Why else am I sad though? Well, I maybe I shouldn't talk about this, but I'm going to keep it vague. And um, I fucked up. I fucked up. 
I uh, I met a girl. She was real lovely. We hung out a couple nights. We don't have any place to go, so like you know, private, whatever. So I booked us an Airbnb. We agreed to split the cost, and we went there last night. And it was all real lovely. We were having a real nice time. She was a bit sick. She felt a bit like stomach sick, but she still came, which is great. And um, at one point, like we weren't having sex because she felt sick. And at one point, I just offhandedly went like, oh, man, if we don't have sex tonight, that'll be such a bummer, you know. And uh, she was like, don't say that. That's like, you know, you can't put expectations on this. She called me. She was like, that's not cool to say that just to assume that we're going to have sex. And I was like, I just meant it in the sense that, like, you know, if the reason that we don't have sex is that we both like each other and we want to have sex, but the reason is that, you know, just some dumb stomach sickness, that that would suck. Um, but that comment made her not want to sleep with me, and now I'm sad. Isn't that a fucking insane entitled thing to be sad about? My God. Like, here's what... I want to try and figure out why I'm sad, I guess. I I was looking forward to having a really nice night with this girl that I I guess I quite fancy, you know. I've met a a couple of them and known her for a couple of days, but she seems nice. We have a good time. And I was like, won't it be nice to just sit in a in an Airbnb in a private room, have some nice sex, eat some... Ch- I bought some, like, cheese and, and, and crackers and, oh, a lovely uh, tomato relish and some different hams, prosciutto and some olives, you know. And uh, won't it be nice to do that and then just, and like, cuddle and be all nice. And um, when we couldn't have sex, she was like, can't we just do, like, a normal thing? Like, she was basically like, I don't want to have sex with you now because like just to prove this point or I guess it made her I guess it it must have made her feel dirty or whatever that I was assuming that we were going to have sex and she said you're allowed to think that but you're not allowed to say it and um for me it was like well I, I can't do the other things the nice things like cuddling and that if we haven't had sex like that that makes me feel weird I don't know why that is and she kept coming back to this idea that I I talk about... She was like, it's sex, it's all you talk about, you know? And I'm like, is it? Because it wasn't all it was. Like, I wanted more... Like, you know, I mean, it's a fling. Like, she's leaving on Friday, so it's like a, it's a, a holiday fling. But I'd, it wasn't just sex. Like, I wanted to have a nice night. But I guess for me, the sex is a part of the nice night. And if the sex is gone, then the nice night can't exist without it, you know? Does that make sense, or am I being a little crybaby? I am being a little crybaby, but am I? <laughs> we woke up in the morning and, yeah. Did that. I, w- I wasn't sad in the evening because I, th- I thought it was just a stomach thing. And then in the morning, woke up and she still was like, no, we're not having sex because of the thing that you said last night. And that was that was when I was like, well, now I'm sad because... If the only reason we weren't having sex was the stomach thing, that's, to be honest, that's fine, of course. Like, if you, you know, if you're not feeling up to it or whatever, of course, but if it's because I said this thing that, like, I think, 
it made her feel like sex was the only thing that I wanted out of what we were doing, which was untrue. And I tried to explain that. Um, and if the only reason that we're having sex, that we're not having sex, is because you think that that's all that I want, then that's not true. That's crazy. And that's what bummed me out because it's like, no, that's not all that I want, but it is still a thing that I want, and it's part of this whole package of the the evening that we were trying to have. And if we if we don't have the sex, then you know, I don't feel like... She goes, can we still be friends? And I was like, nah, man, that's not what this connection was. We're not friends. Like, we can be, like, better than friends, but sex is a part of that. And, it, and, and I can be friends with someone if we're not having sex, if that's the connection that you have, if the, if the connection between you is a platonic thing. But I know that that's not what me and this girl have, so why would we be something that we're not? I don't fucking know if I'm making any sense right now. It's real funny as well because everyone in the flat is sad today. Robin's feeling sad. Um, well, she's just feeling stressed, I think. And then um, just about her show. And there's a lot of stress doing a, a show on the paid fringe. And then Sarah's feeling stressed because fucking what, she came in and her show sucked yesterday. or something. I'd, I had to leave straight away. Also, I'm selfish. <laughs> I didn't listen. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Um. Oh, but everyone was sad today, <laughs> which is nice. It's nice that we're like you know syncing up a little on the sadness. Um. I'm sitting in Robin's room right now, which she's graciously given me while she goes and does her show. I can, I can do my pod in her room. I'm I've opened up her window and I'm just looking out at um. The lovely park. I can see the castle from the chair that I'm sitting in. This really is a fucking killer flat. And it, it, it feels rude to even be sad at all in here, you know? Update. The tea in the top of the bottle is working perfectly. Oh, yes. What if I squeeze a little bit? Am I going to get a bit of that tea bag juice dripping down? Dripping down into that bottle, baby. Get in there, you dirty little... <laughs> End of sentence. <laughs> we will stop now. <laughs> um, what other shit have I written down? Oh, man. Uh, there's, this is my run list for today. We'll see if we... <laughs> Guitar on Street. Cafe and Ed. Brew Lab. Traveling Man Showcase. Travel and Man and Cafe are done. Show. Bad Mood. Magician. 25 days, a name which I won't say, <laughs> of someone who I fucking hate, <laughs> and then Jack from City Cafe, oh let me talk about this motherfucker, shout out to Jack from City Cafe, you are an absolute godlike gem of a man, this dude, the first day I came through, sat at the bar in City Cafe, the week, like the weekend when I was doing Monkey Barrel, and he was one of the first people I met. Uh, we started chatting and um, like I bought my first beer and then he just gave me a second beer on the house. Like, he told me, he just like clocked. He was just like, I think you're a sound dude. And um, he works at the downstairs bar, which is where my show is. So every day I'm just rolling past there and, and, uh, and chatting to him. And God, he's the greatest. He's like telling people about my show as they walk past. He says I'm his favourite actor in the venue and it just it just makes me feel special, you know? 
it's nice to feel wanted sometimes and to feel like like your actions aren't just taken as a given in people's minds. That's supposed to be a joke because that's what I did to this girl last night. Fuck, I'm an asshole. I'm trying to think, like, should I message her and be like, hey, do you want to go for that drink? Because in the morning she was like, can we go, like, get breakfast? Are you going to be weird? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And she was like, ugh, you're going to be weird. All right, I'm leaving. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry this has sucked. And she was like, it's all right. Life isn't always happy in sunshine. And then she left. And um, I want to get a drink with her again. But I don't know why. That's what I need to fucking figure out. Why do I want to get a drink with her again? Do I want to get a drink with her again because I want to see her again? Or do I want to get a drink with her again because I fucking just don't want her to hate me? That's an important distinction to make. I've been thinking in my show. I've got this bit in my show about when when Melanie, this French girl, moved from France to Australia to be with me. And I said yes. And The reason I said yes is because... That's an amazing thing to do and that means that she really loved me if she was willing to do that and I want my life to be full of those amazing, beautiful moments, you know, and stories like that and that's the wrong reason and then I go to the crowd, what's the right reason? And uh, someone says, love, right? And I'm like, yes, love. I should say yes, move to Australia to be with me, not because, because because I love her, right? Not because I want to be fucking Ernest Hemingway is the joke. Which needs to be better. <laughs> but it's a start. But anyway, that's the thing, right? Is doing things for the right reasons, not just for any reason or selfish. You can do the right thing for the wrong reasons and then it's, it's still wrong, right? And I'm sure that that girl wants me to, to go for, like with her for a drink. I'm sure she wants that and she would love it. Because she said she likes me and she wants to hang out with me. But I, if I'm going to do that, need to do it for the right reason, which is that I want to hang out with her, not just I feel sad that I made her sad. Do you know what I mean? That's very important. Uh, but yeah, Jack, fucking maybe Jack will be at the, at the venue tonight. God, that'd be so great. Oh, I hope he's there and we can just fucking talk some shit, rip on some people. Yes. How good How good is shitting on people that you hate? If you find you need that person in your life who is just ready at the drop of a hat to sit down and, and go. That's why it's good to know. Like, I love gossiping so much, man. And, like, it's important to have people in your life who know the same people as you who are in that, those circles. So you can just go, you know who I fucking hate? That that cunt with the hair. <laughs> Why do you hate him? Ah, uh, just his hair, man. He fucking he's always got it, and it's there. And the way he just has it, it's so presumptuous and arrogant. And I'm like, you know what, dude? Fuck you and your stupid hair. <laughs> and you can just say anything. You'd be like, I want to fucking go to where he sleeps <laughs> with with a knife. And cut his stupid fucking hair off and burn it in a sacrificial fire in front of him while he's tied to the bed. (laughs) Hatred is... Don't shy away from that shit. Love it. Love your fucking hatred, man. Embrace it. Not too much because then that's like some white power shit. But (laughs) it's a little bit, you know. Take some of it. Don't push it down. Oh, that's so unhealthy when people are like, I just... No, no, no. I just... I'm happy. I love everyone. 
everyone's nice. I feel nice, you know, all the time. Who's that? That person? They they hit my car with a baseball bat and then spat on my child's face. But I love them. I love everyone. We're all good people. No, some people are fucked, and it's right to hate them. What else was I going to talk about? The magician. <laughs> I won't talk about that yet. I'll talk about... <laughs> Fucking magicians though, man. God damn it. <laughs> Just the concept of a magician. That's all I'm laughing at now. <laughs> if you've chosen magic, well, I'm laughing at you. <laughs> Actually, magic has chosen me. Even worse. <laughs> oh, my days. Um, I just went down on the street. I'll do music for the week. I don't have a recommendation this week, but I do have a request. Man, I just, I went out on the street. I was at home. I got back from the, from the fucking Airbnb this morning, walked back and, uh, was sad at home for a bit and ate some of my leftover cheese and meats and chutney that I bought. Um, my housemates were sad and then I walked out on the street. I was like, I need to just take some time for me. Take some time for old T. Tugman, you know? And uh, I got out on the street and I thought I heard someone playing piano. I was like, where the fuck is that? I need to go and be next to that. And as I got further up the street, I realized it wasn't piano. It was that the rounded sounds of like a... A classical guitar and there was an old guy sat on a stool next to Greyfriars Bobby which is this statue of a fucking dog in Edinburgh that no one knows what it is but every fucking tourist in the world needs to walk up to it and rub the nose I learned actually what Greyfriars if you don't know if you're in Edinburgh if you've been to Edinburgh and you don't know what Greyfriars Bobby is about the story roughly is that I went on a tour in December and found out it was like a dog that this guy owned, but everyone in the town loved it, and no dogs are allowed in the church, but it used to be allowed in the church, because they all loved it, and then its owner died, and he still kept hanging around, and would visit the grave, like the dog would go back, and visit the grave, and something like that, whatever, uh, like that episode of Futurama, you know, <laughs> when, when Fry dies, and his dog stands out front of the pizza shop forever, it was like that, <laughs> except uh, with a real dog, and it didn't fossilize, but now, no, and, and so they buried it, and now there's a statue out the front. You couldn't bury dogs in the church cemetery, but it's out the front looking at the church cemetery. Although legend has it that the owner of the pub, Greyfires Bobby, which is just behind it, turned the statue to be... It was originally facing the church, so it was facing its old owner, but he turned it to face away from the church so that when people take pictures of it looking front on, the pub is in the background because that's the best advertising you can get, right? Take a picture of the dog and the pub with the name of the dog is in the background the world over. So it's like a, a heaving pub now. Um, but anyway, I walked up there because that's right near our flat and there was this guy playing some, some classical guitar, man. This old dude sat on a stool playing some beautiful music and it had sounded like the, the rounded tones of a piano, but it, it wasn't, man. It was guitar and I went up there and I sat on the floor next to him for like four or five songs and it was uplifting like a motherfucker man oh i was so uplifted oh really just like 
I, I sat on the floor, yeah, like maybe 15, 20 minutes just listening to him. And uh, I, I really love that shit. I really, I, oh, I remembered, what did it remind me of? It reminded me of like, like I don't really play piano anymore. I mean, I do here and there, but I used to when I was a kid and I remembered, I, I had the thought of like, I wish I could do this for people, you know? I wish I could be someone who, who goes out in public and just plays music and, and people can have the kind of moments like I had sitting there listening to that guy, just like the pocket of calm in my day that I really fucking needed. I remember going to uh, City Library in Melbourne um, a few months ago and playing the piano there and then the, the librarian coming and telling me off and saying it's not a practice piano, it's for like the, the public to use. And I felt kind of indignant, you know? I was like, why did not bloody... Um, and looking back and being like, well, of course she told me not to play that one. People are looking to have nice moments hearing music floating through the library, not listen to me figure out the soundtrack to fucking Amelie <laughs> off, of <my, laughs> off of my phone with one headphone in. Doom... Doom, 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 and then playing the same phrase again over and over and over. Fuck no, they want to hear someone play. And I wish that I was in practice enough with piano to be able to give that to people, you know? And uh, I remembered when I was a teenager growing up, like, like listening, uh, like playing piano at home, and my dad would always sit out on the back porch. And I just. I'm not, I'm not sure, fuck, this is the lamest podcast I've ever done, I think. I'm going to start talking about my fucking relationship with my dad. Who am I, Eve Ellen Bogan? <laughs> oh, God, if you're not in Melbourne comedy, you won't get that reference, and I'm sorry. <laughs> She's a friend of mine, and she only does comedy about her fucking dad. That's not true. She has bits about sex as well. <laughs> mm. Anyway, so... <laughs> I'm really happy with that. Um, I, um, I, I remember being, like, sitting at home and playing piano every night and my dad would sit out on the porch and smoke and smoke weed probably I was too young to really know but like smoke and drink uh, and just sit by himself on the porch and listen to me playing piano and uh, I remember him always saying like you know I'm gonna be your biggest fan I'm gonna be your, your harshest critic but your biggest fan always and I, w I, I only remember today that I, often when I would play I'd play for like half an hour or an hour or whatever and then I would go and stand out not outside with him, but just on the other side of the fly screen. So he was like sitting there in the dark, like three, four meters away. And, uh, and we would just chat for a bit, you know, that was like, that, that was the times when we would chat. I would play piano, he would listen, and then I'd go over there and talk about the song that I was trying to play. Or, you know, he would tell me how he thought it was, or that it was good that night or whatever. And I never really remembered those chats because they never really meant anything. And I always assumed that me and dad never really spoke, you know, just because I didn't remember those chats. It's like that class, oh, I was very distant with my father. But we did fucking talk. We talked every night. I just don't remember those things because it was the innocuous conversation that is the foundation of an actual relationship, right? Not, <laughs> I wasn't out there every night going, what do you think about Sartre, father? But that's something that I would have remembered, especially because my dad would have been like, Sada fucking sounds like a poof. Yeah. <laughs> Some shit like that. 
my dad pronounces shit weird. He can't. He can't he'll go like, uh, oh, what's some of the things that, like, uh, I can't even think of them right now. He, he'll go like, if you tell him a piece of information, he goes, uh, you'll be like, oh, it's, uh, dad, it's raining outside. And he'll be like, probably. <laughs> Such like an ingrained pessimism. <laughs> like, tell him a fact and he's like, probably. And you're like, no, it definitely is. No, definitely, it is raining. But his, his attitude is like, of course it's raining, you know? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, a, <laughs> a meteor is on a collision course with the Earth. We all have five minutes to live. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> Mum used to always flip her fucking shit at that kind of stuff. No, Derek, it def- it is happening. <laughs> <laughs> the news is on tonight, 7.30, probably. <laughs> no, Derek, I'm stating a fact to you. <laughs> he used to do this other shit as well. It was like a running joke. That he, <laughs> whenever, whenever he would cook dinner, he would bring it in and, and then we'd start eating and he'd say, thanks for dinner, Anne. That's my mum's name. And my... <laughs> And my mum would just bemused be like, but you cooked. And my dad wouldn't laugh. Like, he wouldn't play it as a joke. He'd be like, oh, I'm just, just saying, like, thanks. For, oh, all right. <laughs> I always found that so funny. There was, like, a running joke that no one laughed at, except, like, like she wasn't like, ha-ha, I get it. Yay, you cooked. No, thank you. And he wasn't going, like, ha-ha, you didn't thank me for cooking dinner. It was like they would have this reverse exchange and then a mini fight within it. Dad would go, thanks for dinner. Mum would go, ugh. And Dad would be like, what? I'm just saying thank you. <laughs> and I would just be like, well, you guys are happy, aren't you? And you know what? They fucking seemed like they were. Oh my God, why am I getting so deep? It's because I'm sad. You guys don't care about my fucking parents' relationship. What the fuck am I talking about? Why am I fucking talking about stupid shit like this just because I'm fucking sad? <sighs> Gross. Like, am I that person now? If I can't be funny, I'm just going to start telling you about my fucking stupid childhood. Write a fucking joke. Do a bit. Do a bit. <laughs> But what I was going to say about the music was that if anyone has any... I don't know where to find flamenco guitar. I, that, that was the kind of music that dude was playing and it was really uplifting. I just, I just googled sad classical flamenco guitar. <laughs> Found an hour playlist on YouTube and started in on it. But I, it's not the same. If anyone has any recommends, I would love to hear them. Please fucking send them in. Classical flamenco guitar music, man. Um, that'd, be, that'd be great. I want to tell you guys about this magician that I was, <laughs> that I was laughing at before and then uh, we'll be done. I've, so I've been doing, uh, I, I mean, I'm stoked that I've found it within myself to do this podcast because I told myself I wasn't going to do them through Edinburgh, but hey, here we are. But uh, I've been doing the uh, 25 Days podcast with Pete Jones, Luca Muller, Adam Knox over at their apartment. I've done two so far. They've done, what, six and I've been on two of them. 
trying to get on as often as possible. Fuck, it's a lot of fun, man. Yesterday, the yesterday one that we did was so much fun. Oh my God. Find that wherever you get podcasts. 25 Days. Just search 25 Days Edinburgh and you should find it. Um, and it's just those guys doing like 25 minutes every day. And I'm, you know, I said I can come on whenever I want, but it really works more around their schedule than mine. Uh, but um, I guess that's why I'm doing this because I thought I was going to be able to be on it every day, but really logistically it's harder than I thought. And I just feel a little bit left out though I want to do my own podcast. So, <laughs> so um, we went and saw a magician though because we've been one of the, se- the segment, the main thing on the podcast is come flyer with me where we pick a, we pick a, um, a flyer that we've been given out of the like the bowl of flyers and then just basically shit on it and shit on the show and the premise of the show and what the flyer is and whatever we just laugh and um then we went to a show because we're like let's go try and see some bad shows went to a show that was like magic like amateur magic (laughs) pete picked it out and he was like assumed that it was gonna be bad and uh, we all went like seven eight of us and uh, it was actually very good. Like Pete was like, I think that's the best magic show I've ever seen in my life. You know, um, it was really good. The guy's voice was like just like mesmeric. You know, like it was hypnotizing and like, but in all the right ways. It wasn't boring. He had that low magician kind of tone, but he was speaking quickly and he had a few jokes in there. And I even feel like maybe the tricks weren't that impressive. What he put a he put a. a a pound coin in a lime at one point and someone had signed it. I don't know. I feel like it was tricks that I'd all seen before. He was quite a young kid and it felt like, I don't know if it was his first show, but he was very young and he clearly, he loved magic. That's what I, the, my takeaway was like, this dude clearly loves magic and he was telling us about things in the magic community and he had this delivery that was almost nonchalant, like, here's the trick and there it is and the limes, the, 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 the coin's in the lime, there you go, you know? Not like, it was just like, and I've completed the trick, there we go. Uh, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, but what I wanted to see and why I wasn't, I, everyone else was like, that was amazing. I was like, that was very good. He clearly can do magic, magic, but magic. He can clearly do magic. But I really wanted to know more about this guy. Like, why do you love magic? That's what I want. I guess I just wanted a story. I, want, I wanted it to be a comedy show with a coin in a line. <clears throat> I just wanted it to be like my show, basically. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to... Um, I don't know, I wanted to know more about the guy because he clearly loves magic and that's so cool, right? I love when to see someone doing a thing that they love and he's got like a deep passion for it. So why? Where did that come from? How did you start doing it? What's the magic community like when you first go into it? And the, you know, I want to know the story of this guy told through magic tricks. I wish I could remember his name and then I would tell you guys what it was, but the show was at... 11.30, I want to say, at a venue in Edinburgh. (laughs) You're welcome for the plug, cunt. Anyway, that's the podcast for today, guys. Thanks for listening. Once again, if you've liked it, please tell your friends. I feel like this has been something... This has been Aiden Taco Jones and you've been listening to Sitting Under a Tree. Peace.